Hello, Typically Hazardous, and welcome back. This is Hank Fortner, your host, your podcast ear, or whatever you would call me. I'm so grateful to get to do this with you guys, and this is part two of a conversation we split into two parts with the poet and the artiste, Miss Natalie Patterson. So if you are joining us just for this episode, there is a part one of this that gives you a little more background, and a little more conversation, and vivaciousness of who uh, Natalie is and what drives her. But this is part two that we wanted to split it into two parts because we felt like deep in the interview, we got to something about race in America where essentially I posed the question to her, what is it like to be a black woman in America? To which she had a lot to say. If you know Natalie or if you heard her in the last episode and was introduced to her, you'll get a sense for what she has to say. So I'm very excited to dive into some of what is sometimes an ignored conversation and then on the other end of the spectrum, sometimes it's too, it's over-talked about, it's exacerbated or if it's caricaturized. So it was really cool to get a chance to talk to her about this subject. So I can't wait for you to hear what she had to say and where we went. But a couple of things, just in case you haven't heard it or jumped on board, we have an email list and I've got a cool thing that we're going to start with that email list. And I've been telling you that for months. So some of you are like, yada, yada, yada. But I really am. And I'll let you, I'll, I'll give you an opportunity to enroll in that. But if you go to hankfortner.com or if you text message 66866 with the name Hank, you can join our email list and keep up to date on everything that's going on. One of those things being we are starting a series called Summer Lovin'. So on our live podcast events, we've been doing them once a month for this whole year and including a bonus one in Phoenix. We're doing uh, a series this time. So these rest of these talks have all been one-offs where you just show up or maybe you've heard them and nobody knows what we're going to talk about and just kind of dive in. This one is we're going to talk about summer loving for the next three months and the conversation and the dialogue. We're going to hit on all sorts of things and we're going to pack in some creative surprises for you. So if you're in the greater Los Angeles area, or if you own a jet or a helicopter or a train or a car, join us June 14th at the Bootleg Theater in Los Angeles. Doors at 7.30. We're out of there at a hard 9 o'clock. It is a quick, wonderful, and extraordinary hour of great people. I hope you're awesome, and I'm so grateful to get to be your host of this podcast. Thank you for listening. Now, I hope you enjoy this conversation with the poet, Natalie Patterson. What's it like to be a black woman in America? Whoo, it ain't easy, my friends. It is not easy. Not easy how? Um, there is not enough space for us to exist. And every space that we're standing in, someone tells us that the way we're standing is not right. There's constant correction. There's never a sense or rarely a sense of I am enough and this is good enough. And no one's asking anything else of me. Hmm. Or just asking me, how am I? What can I do for you? Because you feel like people correct your blackness? Oh, my God. Or criticize. Uh, criticize you how? How it would be? Because um, in my mind, mm-hmm. it would be like, dude, in America, yeah. two, two, two things. One is there's a caricature of a black woman where you just do not want to get in her way. That's called black mama. Uh-huh. Black mama, okay? Like people do a black mama voice. Like my, I, we just did, I just did a podcast the other day with a woman who's adopted. Mm-hmm. And she's Cuban, but mm-hmm. she was adopted by a black woman, and that black woman told her she was black her whole life. Yes. And when she does her black mom's voice, it gives it sends a yeah, chill. Yeah, you're scared. Back. It's like whoa, because yeah. she and she does she does like the voice, right? Yeah. So there is a sense like who who has the guts to criticize a black woman about her? Well, being? see, that's the thing, and that's what's so subversive about it is we say we're terrified of black women, right? 
But because you're terrified, you never actually interact, or the way you interact is like you're terrified. Okay, right, right, right. But what if you're my boss? Sure. And you're terrified. That means but that now you're passive aggressive. Or aren't you also sort of terrified that you're like, dude, in America, you make a race joke, a race reference, a race whatever. Everyone is so hypersensitive to race, gender, et cetera, et cetera. Don't you feel like you were everyone, you can't say a right thing? No. I think that people are hypersensitive about uh, the keywords in okay. race, okay. but they don't care about actual racism. Okay. Like- People care about not looking racist. They don't care about not being racist. Yeah. Can you give an example of a racist thing that happened to you recently? Oh, um, well, I was in a meeting with this uh, major company that I, that I had worked with previously. They had reached out to me to work on a show about race. They said that they did not know how to do it and didn't know how to like really approach it and that they would love my perspective. I pitched them an idea. They were like, great. Um, we did, uh, you, you know, my team got together. We made this awesome pitch and they were like, okay, we get it. Um, but you're a little bit heady and esoteric. It's a little bit too educational. And like, we just need this to be more educated. We need this to be more fun. Like we need racism to be fun so we can like really, <laughs> and I was like, what? So anyway, so we sat down and had a meeting because I was like, maybe the words on the page, right. you don't get it. So yeah, like, the let's, tone is getting lost. Somehow. Yeah, so I was yeah. like, let's talk about it. But consider this. I had already worked with them for a really long time. So it's like, you know my personality. You've never called me heady or esoteric before now. Right. Until we're talking about the thing that you said you didn't know how to approach. So I go in the meeting. Anyway, uh, one of the heads of the company is there and, and uh, the person who runs the YouTube division of their company and he gets really aggressive and is screaming at me and is telling me that I'm so sensitive about race and like he just doesn't think it's that big a deal and blah, 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 all this stuff. And Tell so me I he's a white dude. Interestingly enough, he is not white. Okay. Um, Good. Because I was starting to feel embarrassed. No, okay, he's okay. foreign. But what you have to understand is white is the standard here. So if you come here, you're trying to be white. Oh, uh, I hear what you're saying. So yeah. now he's like basically like a white dude in his brain, even though his experiences are different. And so he's like screaming at me, telling me that I'm b very sensitive and he knows that I feel certain type of ways. And I was like, no, no, no. You're not asked. You haven't asked me a single question. Yeah. You're accusing me of things that are fundamentally not true. Like, and he's like, well, I just want to know, how do you think white men are going to feel about this show? <laughs> and I'm like, so the biggest thing about talking about race is that you have to talk to the people who it's affecting. Yeah. You can't, like, you can. You can talk to white people about racism. Most white people don't have an experience of it. So that's going right. to be. Totally. Um, really strange to talk it's gonna be a quick show right um and i was like so you know it has to be people of color focused like it has to be about their experience and everything in the world is about white experiences so you have to create space and that's gonna m mean your audience is gonna have to like shift to being uncomfortable a little bit with these different narratives that they've never heard before and he's like yeah but i just feel like white men are gonna be so upset and so like no that's not so anyway after that meeting, I sent them an email basically saying that I was really uncomfortable with being in a hostile creative environment and, like, that if I couldn't be respected as, as an executive producer on this show, like, with all of the knowledge and, like, all of these things right. that I'm bringing to this project, totally. just let me know. I will make other arrangements. It's all good. I was promptly, right after this email, like, before we left that meeting, everything was still going and it was fine. 
I, I equally said in the meeting, uh, they asked me, you know, what would 16-year-old Natalie have needed? And I said, I would have needed space. I would have needed to be listened to, and I would have needed to see people like me. Right. And they were like, okay. And I said, you know, the constant conflict for a woman of color and people of color generally is we can have integrity or we can keep the job. Those are my choices. That I can either stand up for what I actually believe in and get fired from something, or I can just be like, oh, they don't get it, but let me get this check. Right. And so I have to constantly choose. And as an artist, that choice is like every single day, all day long, those are the choices I'm making. Um, and so after I sent them an email, just basically saying like, you know, I'm not comfortable working in this kind of hostile environment. They were like, so we're going to pass on the project immediately. And I go, that's interesting that when I acknowledge that I'm not being treated appropriately, hmm. suddenly I'm unfit for something that you wanted me to do. So like, so racism is not, and I, I think that's the biggest yeah, thing. Yeah, so it's like not like someone gave me a funny look in a parking lot. No, it's not like. It's like way more multi-layered. So layered. In terms, of, in terms of how maybe if a white person, let's say, we'll pick on white people for a minute, <laughs> said like I felt uncomfortable, it would be a phone call and a what made you feel uncomfortable, uh, that element. So that is that your description? Is that your assessment? I mean, that's my experience for my entire life, that it's no one is like, Hey, you N-word? Like, I think maybe, like, once in my life someone has called me that. Right. That's, like, vulgar racism. Right. What we have is passive and subtle racism where we don't see people of color as valuable or as valuable as we do white people. Hmm. And so when you think about the treatment of things, and, and, Hank, this is why when you asked me to do the podcast, I said, great, on the condition that I can shadow you. Right. Because I want to see what your life is like. Yeah. Because it might be very different. And I might be surprised, and it's maybe not different than mine because we're both, like, entrepreneurial artists and whatever. And so maybe there are overlapping things. But you're a white man in America, and I know that there are certain things that are happening completely. Like how you're like, yeah, I could move to L.A., and I had friends immediately. And some of that is personality. Sure. Some of it is just inheritance. And mm. so so then what obligation do we have to each other? Is that, you know, yeah, in totally. your own saying, you're like, oh, we've known each other for a really long time. And I go, but we're having very different experiences in terms of starting a nonprofit right. in Los Angeles. Like we're in the right. same city. We're trying to do good things for people. Right. And your experience is very different. And also like, what does gender play a part in that? Yeah. Of like that men have a network that's different than the way women do. For sure. And so. And I feel like a lot of times, if I was going to guess, I would say it's access. Absolutely. The most important thing when you're starting a nonprofit, for those of you starting a nonprofit, and I hope you don't do that. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's don't, not as funny. Don't do it. that. Start a for-profit, and then and then with the profits, then start a foundation and just give money away. Um, or just be a good person. The key is who you have access to. Because if I can, if I have a relationship with that person, they're going to help me. But also, that's they're a going value. To pick up on. The vision, they're going to get what's happening. I've rarely, I don't have relationships with people who have not in some way contributed to this thing. So my, the on, my only limitation is access to people. Yeah. But I look at it and go, does a black woman have the same access to the 12 people who have helped me most last year? No. They're probably not running around with black women at all. And that's a I value mean, I don't even system. Mean that in, I don't even mean they're like avoiding it. It's just like not a part of the it's, natural rhythm of their and this is what I rich mean by guy this, life. Is like, you know what I mean? And white men are not in abundance in my life. Sure, right. I know maybe like have in my cell phone maybe 
five white guys. Nice. I've maybe. always wanted to be special. Like, I feel like maybe. I feel like that's an honor. I'm, I'm one of and your, I'm here's a fifth the thing. of your and white friends. And they all know each other. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, that's true. So that's the thing. Like, yeah. it's subversive. So it's so many things. But, like, yeah. this is why I encourage people to get to know people who are not like them because that person might have the idea that's missing in your thing. Yeah, totally. But because you're only seeing certain people as valuable, you're missing out on the actual value you could have in your life. Yeah, it's so true. Wow, that's so true. And that's the truth of everything, not just like race. Yeah. Like so I just how, happen to so be black. But two whatever. final questions. Um, how do we heal the world? Show up. Show up as yourself and fully, fully contribute and listen. I love that. Where there is empty space, fill it. And not with things. Like not with your new iPhone, but like, what could you be doing with the things you have to use them at full capacity and not use them like a user, but right. use them to do something great. Right. Like how could you be con contributing with people with whatever your life is like? What could you actually be doing if you weren't being lazy and lethargic and selfish? What could you be doing? <laughs> Assuming some of us have days like that. No, it's great. I mean, and here's the thing. You are going to have days when you suck. Yes. I 100% have days right. when I suck. Yesterday was that day for me. Yeah, and that's, that's fine. You honor those and you go, yes, I'm going to eat this yep. ice cream and I'm going to eat McDonald's and yep. I'm not going to go for a walk and like it's whatever, for all me. the it's things. donuts. I can't, I can't hide. But for all the days that you don't feel like that, mm. who are you contributing to yeah. wholeheartedly, not because they can give you anything in return, but because you see a need. Yeah. And do you see needs? Right. Or are you just like looking at yourself? Yeah. You selfie in so you can't see that there's people around you that have things that you could be pouring into wow it's great second question what do you what's one thing you wish all white males knew me <laughs> <laughs> nice I will, put, me. I will put for white men only on this podcast i'm telling title. you Just i like my goal for 2016 is to know more white men nice um, is that a part of your Tinder profile, or do you, <laughs> can you sign that up for you? You limit it by what you're no. willing to date. No, no, but no, but I really do. I w I want to know white men because I think that we uniquely have historically a very strained relationship that manifests today, where like black women and white men don't know each other unless it's sexualized. So shouldn't we pitch? Shouldn't we pitch a TV show <laughs> of that. Natalie and twelve white guys <laughs> going on like an adventure, like? I feel like you should, or speed dating Natalie, like where you just. I don't have want to speed date, but I will go. No, on yeah, an yeah, where it's the twelve world. hours and twelve twelve white guys, and you have an hour with each of them, and you do something cool. No, I don't want to date. I want to go. I want to friend dating. They can no. be married. Here's the thing: no, that's get twelve weird. male CEOs. Okay. To hire me as a consultant. I love that. For one month for every company. Can they also come on my board for Adopt Together? <laughs> <laughs> if they're really, if they're successful CEOs, I need. I want to meet them. I'm telling you, I just want white guys to know me because I think that that yeah. could change the world but just white guys knowing people that are not so like if white guys are listening clearly. and they're like dude I live in like a like well, the city where I grew up I was a white man mm -hmm. and so was everybody else even if they were like women they were they were they were white they were white people yeah so what do you what is a person listening who's listening from Minnesota and sometimes I tease Minnesota so we are going to make Minnesota <laughs> Minnesota if you live in St. Paul or Fort Worth or you live in a place where you're surrounded by a lot of white people mm -hmm. what what do you wish what do you wish white people would do or know what would help the world um, that white people would lean into I I wish you would know how much you are not how much of an experience you're not getting because you don't know diverse people. 
like you're limiting your soul's expression as a result of not knowing other people. And at least in America, you are the most powerful group. And that um, is beautiful in one hand and deeply disturbing to everyone who doesn't have that power and authority for every time you're not considering what the choices you've made affect a person of color. So what do we do? There's um, some, there's a woman right now, Linda, mm -hmm. for instance. I know Linda because she emails me and she's like one of my friends, very good friend's mom. Linda. She's driving in Fort Worth in a white pickup truck right yes, now Linda. as she's listening to this. Uh-huh. What does she do? She's a white she's a white lady in a white pickup truck in a white town. <laughs> what do you Move. want her to do? That's something you want her to know. I but want what can she do? Like what today is she's listening to this on a Friday? Something super simple. If you're on social media, diversify who you follow on social media. Okay. So Got there's it. like a thing called black Twitter. I know white people, you don't know about this. Black it's like, Twitter? See, Hank yes. doesn't even know. I'm so into So this. there's black Twitter. You could learn things. And here's the thing. Is, is that different than following Kanye? That, <laughs> it I is different. That, I thought he was black Twitter. It is yeah, totally okay. different. Kanye right. does not own all of black culture. Okay. Um, so do things like that. And then not unfollow them when they say something you don't agree with. So if you are trying to diversify, it can't just be until you're uncomfortable. Got it. Because that might be in the first five minutes. Okay. Like, um, and then um, diversify the things that you do and where you go. Like a, a fun thing you can do is go every time you go out to eat, eat a different culture's food. Nice. Yeah, it's great. And not as like an American like, oh, I'm going to uh, wherever and I'm going to still eat McDonald's. Like, no, no, no. Go to the Ecuadorian spot in Little Ecuador. Yeah, or go right, to right. a Thai food place where they do not speak English and the menu is not in English. And you have to just pick, like, <laughs> with your finger. Like, go there it's and great. then learn about it. And, you know, it's like we have to expand our mind. You yeah. have to push yourself. No more big boys. No more Bob Evans or whatever. Like, just dive in. You have to be going yeah, places that make you uncomfortable. Uh, last question. If you and God had a conversation <laughs> right now, <laughs> yeah, what would he say to you? What's up? No, I don't know. Um, I think he would say. Um, he would go, Natalie, I'm black. <laughs> He'd be like, you knew I was black. Yeah. No, um, I think that God would say, I love you. Um, find your joy um, and take it easy. It's all okay. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. Natalie, you are awesome. We've been at this for an hour and seven minutes right now. <laughs> We're probably going to break this up into part one and part two. <laughs> Just so people are like, not a lot of people are driving for an entire hour. But you are awesome, and you have so much to say, and we need another 10 hours to get to everything. Of course we do. So for now, that's it. Thank you for guiding us through vulnerability. And Can people go to my website? Yeah, please. Like, be my friend, natalieispoetry.com or at natalieispoetry on all social media. On all social media. And we can snap you. Can Are you on Snap? Yeah, I'm on Snapchat. Well, Snapchat I'm on Instagram. You. I do inspirational things every day. And if a person wanted to hear your poem... NatalieIsPoetry.com. You can see like 10, not 10,000. But I want to be able to like watch it. Don't make me poems. pay anything. I don't want to no, no, be No, it's free. Don't make me put it. I, I'm My kidding. website I'm is totally free, but there are <laughs> books you can buy. Okay, good, good, good. Natalie, you're awesome. Thank, Thank you. you so much. It's and been keep a pleasure. healing that world. And we'll see. As m I'm going to find a ton of white dudes. I'm going to throw bring a white guy me. party and be like, Natalie. Natalie is the only person coming. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's Thank actually you. my dream. <laughs> That's so good. I'm going to throw a party for you. And I'll be like, guys, this is called a meet Natalie. Meet Natalie. It's a what? And I'll get as many rich white guys in the room oh, as possible. My dream. I could change the world that way. That, hey, let's do it. We'll change let's the do world. it. We'll change the world. All right. Thank Peace. you. Hi, friends. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. 
Really glad that you got to be a part of this, and I'm so glad that you're still listening because I have some stuff to tell you about. Uh, there's a few things I want to let you know about. I've sort of been on a public silence mode for the last three months or so. I've been working on this book proposal that I'm submitting, and it is being submitted currently to publishers. And so if you want to pray for me, if you ever pray for me, that would be an awesome thing to pray for me about just for what I'm doing and what's happening and uh, everything going on that I actually have the chops and the brains and the willpower and the wisdom to do that well. Uh, but I've been doing a lot of that. So now I have the season where I'm going to be doing a bunch of speaking and I've got a bunch of stuff. So I'm going to let you know kind of what the plan is. You ready for this? So I'm going to go down. If any of these are near you, I would love to meet you in person. and I would love to say hello, but I'm just going to give you sort of a shenanigans of what's going on. The first things first is I'm going to be at the UN summit on June 1st, which if you're listening to this, that's this week. UN Summit on June 1st. We'd love to meet you. If you're going to be there, you can tweet at me, at Hank Fortner, and we can just say hi to each other. That'd be great. Then I'm going to be in West Monroe, Louisiana. West Monroe, Louisiana, or West Funroe, as they call it sometimes. Uh, there's a Robertson family down there who is on a television show called Duck Dynasty. It does an event every month, and I'm going to be one of their speakers, So, or the speaker for the month of June. So I'm going to be there on June 3rd. And so if you are near somewhere in the Louisiana area and our analytics say that you are, then uh, tweet at me and we'll make sure that you get to come out. It's right smack dab in the middle of Louisiana. So come hang out, have fun. That'd be awesome. And then I'm going to head to Hong Kong on Father's Day weekend. And I'm going to be speaking at a large conference called Renew Conference. A couple of thousand people there. And I'm going to be having a conversation around faith. And so if you're in Hong Kong or Shenzhen or sort of the, that, that greater uh, area, I would love to meet you. Tweet at us and I'll give you some information. That Sunday, which is Father's Day, I am not going to be with my girls. I'm not going to be with my daughters. I am going to be in Hong Kong speaking at a church that is hosting the Renew Conference. And so if you're in the area and you would want to connect, just tweet at me and I will let you know what's happening at Hank Fortner. And then, really cool, in August, I'm coming to Atlanta. There is a, there is a, a, this really cool conference called Plywood Presents, designed by a group called Plywood People, and it is a social entrepreneurship conference, and I'm coming to give a talk. I've never given it to anywhere ever before that I'm looking at a whiteboard right now of all the things that I've written down for this talk. It's really cool. It's some of the coolest people in all of Georgia, as I am told. And so I'd love for you to check out Plywood Presents, and check that out. And then in September, end of September, I'm coming to Nashville, Tennessee to a thing called the Story Conference. It's a creativity conference of people of all walks of life. And I'm gonna give a talk that's gonna be really exciting that will also be messy and will also be crazy and we're gonna film it. It's gonna be really, really fun. So hope you've enjoyed this conversation and I hope somewhere along the way, whether I get to meet you in Hong Kong or I get to meet you in New York or I get to meet you in Nashville or I get to meet you in Atlanta or I get to meet you here in Los Angeles at the bootleg. I'm so excited that you're a part of this conversation with me. It is truly a gift of my life to get to talk to you through this headset into your Prius or your motorbike or whatever it is you're listening. I hope you have a wonderfully, wonderfully awesome day and you always walk the typically hazardous journey.